Hi again, everyone. This is Tim. Before we get started, just a quick reminder, if you get this through Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating and review and help us grow RadioMVP.com. All our podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and of course, RadioMVP.com. And before we get started, just a quick shout out to Jim Craven and Western Reserve Digital Radio, as our podcast will be playing on Western Reserve Digital Radio, and we had a chance to record at their studios. So thanks again, Jim, for all your help. We look forward to partnering more with Western Reserve Digital Radio. You can find them on the Internet at westernreserveradio.com. Now let's get into our NFL Draft Preview here on RadioMVP.com, starting right now. Hi again, everyone. Hey, thanks again for the download. This is Tim along with Anthony, and we're actually podcasting from West Reserve Digital Broadcast Studios. We're on the road, I sense, uh, today. Uh, Planned on doing the NFL draft preview here on the podcast. And uh, originally, we're going to have Matt Emps join us, but Matt had some uh, situation came up and may not be able to drop by. But Anthony and I are here along with our producer. First time ever we can say that. (laughs) That's the first time I've ever been called that. <laughs> Jim Craven. And, uh, of course, you may remember him from uh, The Scourge, as we did a podcast on The Scourge uh, last summer. And we're going to get more into that. Jim, we definitely need to have you come on the podcast later on and, and talk about Western Reserve Digital Radio Broadcasting and, and what's going on this year. I know you got some uh, games coming up. Real quickly, talk about uh, coming up with your broadcast this weekend. Yeah, we'll be covering the Cleveland Cobras of the Gridiron Developmental Football League. Uh, they call it uh, better known as semi-pro or minor league football. And uh, we'll have those on Saturdays from uh, Brooklyn High School when we're at home. And we'll be traveling throughout the region, uh, Buffalo and Pittsburgh and West Virginia. We'll be bringing all the action here uh, Saturdays, uh, this Saturday, kickoff at 5 o'clock from Euclid High School. It's going to be a, a good time. So check that out if you get the opportunity as uh, we're going to continue to kind of use our both the podcasting and Western Reserve Digital Broadcasting as a uh, kind of a... A partnership here as we uh, continue on. You may want to check out all that on the Internet as we continue. But we're here today to talk about the NFL draft. It's coming up next Thursday night. And we have a draft preview. What we're going to do is not the mock draft that everyone does. I hate mock drafts because the first trade of the evening blows up every mock draft because you just don't know what the heck's going to happen. And there's never been a draft where there hasn't been at least one or two trades that that absolutely destroys everybody's mock draft. So we're, instead of talking about what uh, number one overall pick and number 32 pick in the first or second or fourth round, whatever it may be, what we're going to do is go through the top five players in each position and which ones you want to look for and what they have to offer as we get going. Anthony, how are you doing here today? Great. It's uh Finally, football season again already? Yes. Wow. It seems like we just ended uh, the high school season and now the draft's beginning and OTAs, and voluntary workouts, they call it. Yeah. Mandatory voluntary. <laughs> yeah. It's if in you your contract show up, to show up, but you know, <laughs> you you're not, you you're not to. obligated. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense, but that's the way the NFL works. So anyways, our draft, my draft board looks like this. My information comes from watching football. 
reading a lot about the different players on the internet from the NFL.com to ESPN to uh, Mike Maylock, listen to Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, uh, obviously uh, the ESPN guy, ML Kuyper and Todd McShay and, 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 and a few others. So it's a combination of all those that helped me put up my list here of our, our list, I say for radio MVP on your draft special. So, we're going to get kickoff right now with, uh, we're going to start right at, the, right at the top with the quarterbacks. Because let's face it, every draft, it's all about the quarterbacks. And the quarterbacks come as a premium in the NFL draft, meaning they usually go higher up in the draft than normal. Uh, they, they may not be the number one rated player in the NFL draft, but because it is the most position. And unless you're the Cleveland Browns that doesn't know how to draft a quarterback in the last 25 years, you know, that's, that's a totally different story. But we're hoping that the Browns uh, do something well. And here are our top five, and we'll go through one through five, and then we'll talk about each individual. My number one quarterback on the board is Sam Darnold from USC. Josh Allen comes in at number two from Wyoming. Josh Rosen from UCLA at three. Baker Mayfield from Oklahoma at four. And Lamar Jackson from Louisville comes in at number five. Uh, Sam Darnold, the reason I chose him number one is really simply 6'3", 220-pound quarterback he combines quick releases with good accuracy his numbers in 2017 were stepped down from 2016 but you can see all the tools necessary for an nfl quarterback and he has the, the really the ability to be a franchise quarterback for someone for the next 10 15 years and you just can't pass up a player of that quality and honestly i when you look at arm strength, he has it, the ability to see downfield. He actually, when you look at USC this year, didn't have the top receivers to work with and still ended up uh, really bringing that club uh, along all season long. Sam Darnold comes in at number one, the 6'3", 220-pound quarterback from USC. Yeah, he's a uh, extremely talented kid and has a live arm. He can make every throw, and he can really stretch the field vertically, which you need in the NFL. And coming in at number two, this was tough for me, uh, but I really just absolutely love the ceiling of Josh Allen from Wyoming. Yeah, he does not have the highest numbers that you're going to look at, uh, especially in completion, but that arm is just phenomenal. If you got to watch him in the Pro Bowl this past uh, January, I think you can see some of the throws that he can make and what he brings to a team. And he is a project in a sense. He's not going to come in and start right away, but he's a guy that you definitely can build a team around for the next 10 years. And as long as you uh, get the right system for him and continue to grow, Josh Allen, a 6'5", 237-pound quarterback, very smart, very athletic, uh, improved, needs to improve his accuracy, as we were talking about. He also can do some work with his legs, which he really can run the ball well. He can throw the ball over 70 yards downfield. He is, in my opinion, maybe the highest ceiling quarterback in the draft. He just does not, he probably has maybe more of a lower floor than the rest of the quarterbacks in this draft. But I love what Allen can do offensively and protect, and you projection this out. And that's what the draft is all about. It's projecting what a player could be two, three, five, ten years down the road. I think Josh Allen has that ability to uh, really improve and continue to grow as a quarterback. I'm, I'm really high on him. I like Darnold number one, but coming in at number two is Josh Allen from Wyoming, the 6'5", 237-pound quarterback. Uh, Josh Allen can make all the throws. His arm is electric. It might, it might be even better than Darnold's. You know, you'll be, you remember that Allen's college coach also coached Carson Wentz. 
same system. Carson Wentz came in and had a lot of success early on in Philadelphia. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be Carson Wentz. You know, he did struggle with the accuracy. Uh, the completion percentage is not what you look for. Now, I'm not going to compare these two, but if you look at Joe Montana, completed 52% at Notre Dame, and he finished his NFL career. One of the top quarterbacks. Top 60s, yeah. yeah. Top quarterbacks so, in the NFL you know, history, yeah. It, it well, can be improved. There's no question he has, you know, everything you look for. The oh, size, yeah. the arm strength. Uh, I think he's very the intelligent. The hand size. Exactly. Uh, he's, there's no doubt that he has the traits to become a pro bowl in the future. And there's a reason why I have him at number two. And that's really because I think his ceiling in the long run, if whatever team he relies in, as uh, long as they have a system that they can continue to let him grow in, he has that opportunity. Number three comes Josh Rosen from UCLA. He is a 6'4", 226-pound quarterback. He's a great athlete. He really is. He can move in the pocket. He can run. He can do it. He has a strong arm. He probably is the most quarterback-ready NFL-developed uh, player in college right now. If you needed to start a rookie uh, this coming season, Josh Rosen is that guy. There's no question about it. The thing with Rosen that scares me the most is his injuries. He had the shoulder injury. He's had the concussion injuries in the past. You know, obviously in the NFL, you should be in front of hopefully a much better offensive line than he had at UCLA and have the ability to uh, make plays. However, I think that is something you have to take in consideration. Uh, I definitely see, you know, this is a team. If you're looking for a quarterback who may uh, see action in the first year, Josh Rosen is that guy that you want to really think about. Uh, there's no question about it. Arm strength, ability, throws. He is there right now. Uh, he is probably the most ready quarterback coming into the league this year. Uh, has great talent. He's also a guy that you have to develop and understand his personality. He's someone who's going to question everything. But that's just the way he is. He wants to learn it from inside out. You have to explain to him why you're running certain plays in this game versus not in another game and why you're lining up in this direction versus that direction. He's a guy who wants to, all the information he can get and absorb it and then apply his craft to it. So you're going to have to be willing to someone who's going to question every motive a coaching staff may have offensively in each game. But uh, when you look at the talent, he's ready to play today. Yeah, he's a phenomenal quarterback. Uh, like you said, the concussions and the shoulder injury scares me a little bit. Say he does go to a team in the NFL that's not that's not loaded up front. Um, most of those top ten teams that are picking don't have great offensive lines. But like you said, he does have some. I don't want to call him character issues. He's a very intuitive guy. He wants to learn, and as a coach, you love that. Um, but he will challenge you. But if you listen to Jim Moore, his former college coach at UCLA, uh, he says the guy's a gamer, and he wants to play, and he wants to learn, and he can make every throw, too. Like you said, he's probably, if you look at the quarterbacks in the draft, the top five we have listed, he's probably the guy you can plug in r right away, come minicamp, and say, okay, Josh, you're the guy. Let's go. Coming in at number four is Baker Mayfield from Oklahoma, 6'1", 215-pound quarterback. Mayfield has that Drew Brees look-alike uh, in height in terms of speed and accuracy. Uh, he's had a few bad moments on the field with his temper and his decision-making, but he's not really a bad person from everybody that talks to about him and what he wants to do. There's a really good feature if you're interested in learning more about him on the NFL Move the Stick podcast. I recommend it highly. It's called 360 with uh, Baker Mayfield. You'll learn more about him if you're interested in learning 
but I really do think he is a quarterback who comes in with the most starts at the collegiate level. He's a winner. Uh, I do question some of his uh, decision-making. I do wonder if his arm strength is strong enough for the NFL in the long term. He's ran a lot of that, the short passes, you know, that you have in that type of offense that Oklahoma runs. And I'm going to wait and see, you know, but long term, I think if you put him in the right position, the right team, you know, if he went to, let's say, New Orleans, uh, I think that would be a wonderful slot for him. He could play behind someone very similar to him in a, uh, in a Drew Brees and then take advantage of the opportunity and maybe someday take over that position. Baker Mayfield, if you had to play him this year, I think you'd get away with it. Uh, he's going to get some trouble and he's going to be challenged. But I do believe long term he's a number one. He's, he's a starting quarterback in this league. And uh, the question I always going to put on to him is uh, make sure that his head's on straight, that he uh, he's thinking about the team first and not himself. And he gets, uh, you know, going in the right direction. But I do like Baker. But I'm just, you know, and in my opinion, uh, he's going to be the number four quarterback on this board. The 6'1", 215-pound out of Oklahoma, Baker Mayfield. Every quarterback and every player that you you have in these mock drafts or top five lists, they all need the right system to be really good. I think he's the most fascinating and intriguing of the quarterbacks. Uh, maybe Lamar Jackson could be the most fascinating, but I just think Mayfield's an electric player, and he's a winner, and he and he's won some really big games at Oklahoma. Uh, he's been a journeyman in his college career, a little bit walking on at Texas Tech, and then starting there, and then going to Oklahoma. If you look at his game against Ohio State this year, the game against Georgia, he looked phenomenal. Now, I will agree with you, his college system, like you said, is the more dink and dunk, quick screen game and get it out quick. But I think he's a, an intriguing prospect. If you groom him along the right way, I think you'd be a star. His swagger is enough to jumpstart a dormant offense. And there's been a, there's a lot of lows in the first couple picks where Mayfield can go. Here, the Buffalo Bills, this is the type of quarterback you would yes. love to get. Oh, yes. You know, I'm not sure that he'll be there at number 12 or they'll have to trade up for the him. Jets. But the Jets at uh, number three very well could go that direction, depending on what's above and how the quarterbacks fall. But, uh, yeah, I, there's no question that Baker Mayfield is a uh, a top 10 pick, I think, this year and a player who will uh, benefit in the right situation and the right opportunity. Coming in at number five is Lamar Jackson from Louisville. He's the youngest player ever to win the Heisman Trophy back in 2016. Jackson has a good, strong mark. He's an athlete. There's no question about it. He's a runner. He, you know, he's going to be able to uh, throw on the run, too. He's very much, you know, you give him a, an opportunity to be like Jerry Rice, in a sense, uh, someone that you're not going to catch from behind if he gets in the open field. He's he's an interesting player. His career completion rate is just 57%, but uh, is improved from one year to the next. Uh, the year before, he was at 54%, and, or 2017, he was at 59%. So you can see each year improvement on him. He's a player that... If you build the right offensive system for him, he can do a lot. I honestly do believe there's, you know, those who are drafting in the later half of the first round may try to move up to get the quarterback if he's the last on the board because they want to get, you know, this type of athlete. You're going to have to design the system around him, but he's definitely a, a winner. 
and I do believe he is a quarterback in the NFL. 6'3", 200-pound quarterback from Louisville, Lamar Jackson, the Heisman Trophy winner in 2016. Lamar Jackson, the past two years, has been the funnest quarterback and maybe player to watch in all of college football. Remember his Clemson game, not this past year, but last year, uh, when he went to Death Valley, that game was extremely exciting, and most Grambling quarterbacks don't play really well in the NFL. That, that style doesn't really translate. But Lamar Jackson's a kid this year. That you bring him into an NFL camp, he's going to see some some small packages if he's not to start in the NFL. I don't think you can plug him in right away and be your guy from day one, but I do believe that you can get him on the field in some sub-packages near the red zone or short yardage to make something happen. I will say this. All these quarterbacks all could year use a red shirt a year at the NFL. Not sure any of them, you know, all of them will. Some of them will. Some of them won't because of injuries or opportunities or where they're at, what they need to do and what the team's uh, desire is. But there's no question about it. Matt, one last quarterback to talk about. This is a bonus quarterback, but this is a great story. I don't know how many people have heard of Luis Perez, uh, but he is uh, from Texas Compton State or something like that. Uh, he's a Division II player. Did not play high school football. I have not heard of him, no. He actually was a bowler in high school. And if you go on YouTube, you're going to find these great videos of of Perez uh, where he actually does trick bowling shots and makes them. You know, seven, nine splits, all these type of things that you, everyone talks about uh, through the legs. Uh, he is a phenomenal bowler. He did not play in high school. I guess he went out his freshman year and they had him as a wide receiver, maybe a tight end. Uh, they were doing a wing T type offense, so he was not interested in it. And he, he basically dropped out of football and picked up bowling and became a bowler. Well, after his senior year, he kind of decided that he wanted to play football. So he went to a junior college and they had him ranked at number nine on the death list. And they told him they were going to cut him. And he says, well, you haven't even looked at me yet. So so they let him stay on and he ended up number two on the death list. And the next thing you know, the first year he's he's uh, number two behind the starting quarterback. The starting quarterback goes down in the opening game and he goes out for 300 and some yards and, and like four touchdowns. It was phenomenal play. A uh, guy who has never played any high school football in the process, but it, and it ends up uh, throwing for over 5,000 yards in college, 47 touchdowns, a 70% completion rate. Uh, really interesting story. He is a guy who may not be drafted, but if you're in the fifth or sixth or even the seventh round and you're looking for a player and you want to, you know, if you're the Patriots who love to take gambles on players like that, or if you're, you know, even like the Steelers who, you know, may be looking long-term for someone to replace Ben you know, in a year or two or three. This is a player to pay attention to. Uh, it is a great story, and he is someone that I think everyone needs to find out about. He may not have the strongest arm and put the zip on the ball, but, uh, you know, these numbers don't lie. A 6'3", 220-pound quarterback, he has the size. He's never shown this great arm strength, but he's never had a chance to demonstrate it in the system. So we'll see if they can improve that as time goes on. But a, a great story. A guy who never played high school football, but went into bowling, got out of bowling, went back into football at the collegiate level, ended up at Division Two, and uh, set all kind of records. That, you know, th- threw for over 5,000 yards and 47 touchdowns. I have not heard of him. I, I know they were talking about the kid from uh, Western Kentucky, and it seems like every couple years, that they were uh, talking about the quarterback from Western Kentucky, you know. Yeah. 
But yeah, this is just a great story. I thought I had to pass it on when I heard about it this past week. And uh, Luis Perez. So uh, you want to keep an eye on him. All right, let's move on to running backs. Obviously, top running back and the number one player in the draft board on every draft. Saquon uh, Barkley, followed by Darius Rice, Ronald Jones II. And we have Sony Michelle, number four, and Rashad Penning coming in at number five. And Nick Chubbs at number six. You can almost put those five and six almost exactly the same. Switch them around any way you want them. But uh, Barkley from Penn State, six foot, 233 pounds, can do it all. All-time leading rusher uh, from scrimmage with over 5,000 yards at Penn State. He can catch the ball. He's all-pro caliber at the NFL level. He is the fourth biggest Big Ten player in notch with over 3,000 yards, 1,000 receiving in his career. Uh, this is a, a game changer for any offense uh, that may draft him. Some talk that he could go number two to the Giants. Others say he'll fall where the Browns may have an opportunity at four. Some say you never get past number five with the, the Broncos. We'll have to wait and see how it all rolls out. Some say he may even fall farther just because of the quarterback uh, situation where quarterbacks actually could be drafted in the first four or five uh, uh, positions in the first round. So wait and have to wait and see. But I love uh, Barkley from Penn State, the six foot, 233 pound running back. This is the number one player on everybody's board. There's no question about it. He is a game changer, and he has even a higher grades than any other running back for the last two or three years coming out of college. Uh, he's a do-it-all player. You can line him up outside. You can line up. He can run power. He can run to the outside. Uh, but he can also change the game on special teams, too. You hey. saw a couple of times uh, the past couple of years where he changed the dynamic of the game on special teams. And you were mentioning uh, the Rose Bowl where Sam Darnold came out last year. Yes. Barkley, it was a Sam Darnold versus a Saquon Barkley game in the Saquon second half. Barkley was, Anything that was you his coming do, out party on, on the national level. I disagree with that, though. The game against Ohio State where they beat them that year, Yes, the second half he took over, Ohio State had no answer for him. And that was Ohio State supposed to be the best defensive line in the country, and he just went and off. And that on was him. the year that everyone never gave the, uh, the Big ben, Ten mm-hmm. much rating, but it, obviously it showed what he can do. And what I really like about him is he's not afraid to play special teams. He can run back kicks. Uh, he can do it all. He right. scored forty three touchdowns in three years. This kid has all the talent in the world, and from every indication, he's just a great character per- personality that you want in your clubhouse. So. This is a player that he could transcend any offense, no matter where they are on the uh, depth of the NFL offense. If you're the number one offense or your number 32 offense, you add Barkley to your team, you're adding one of the best players, not just in the draft, but the best running backs that are going to be available this year. Number three comes Darius, or excuse me, number two comes Darius Geis from LSU. Guys can make a difference for someone out there right out of the gate. He is a back who can run, uh, you know, real hard. He has good hands. He has quickness uh, to succeed at this position. Guys is a, a player. Uh, originally, when the draft uh, started going around, people are saying second round. I don't think he's going to last that long. I think he'll go somewhere in the first round. And Geis is a player that I think someone is going to see value in and move up again. But Darius Geis comes in at number two at running backs from LSU, the 5'10", 212-pound running back. Remember a couple of years ago when he came in as a freshman at LSU? It was him and Fournette the year, and they were all saying Fournette's going to shatter all these records. He got injuries and he didn't play very much. But a lot of people at LSU said that Geis is better overall running back than Fournette. I don't think he is. 
but being an Notre Dame fan and watching that uh, Citrus Bowl this year, uh, he tore us up pretty good in the second half. He made a lot of plays uh, for a stagnant LSU offense when Notre Dame knew that LSU could not throw the ball. So they're keying in on the run, and he's still getting his yards. And that says a lot about Geis as a player. Like Barkley, he could do it on special teams too. You can split him out. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. In the NFL, you have to have a running back that can catch the ball out of the backfield. Ronald Jones comes in at number three from USC. Jones is a hard player to grade. Uh, his production, both high school and college levels, are there at times. At times, they weren't. He's a hard worker. Uh, he did not have the best pro day this past uh, season for USC when they were evaluating him. He has the potential to catch the ball. So I honestly think you can use him in different ways. He comes at number three on our board at running backs for 2018 draft. I actually disagree with this. I would not have Ronald Jones in my top five. USC's offense this past year was pretty bad. Like, it was very frustrating. Now, not to me, it wasn't. I love watching USC struggle on offense <laughs> because, you know, I just bleed cardinal and yellow. Um, but I would have Rashad Penny up there. I would have Penny three, and I would go Chubb four. Penny from San Diego State is a terrific back. He's a hard, a hard-nosed guy that can line up and run between the tackles and get the short yardage, but he also has the breakaway speed to make a big-time play. Um, to me, Nick Chubb is just a running back. I would love to have on my team. Well, we're going to talk about both of them. Coming in at number four is the 5'11", 220-pound running back out of Georgia, Sony Michelle. Michelle rushed for over 3,600 yards at Georgia. Uh, he is more of a Todd Gurley or Garris Hurts type running back. Uh, he can protect, a, uh, you know, he can block, he can pat, catch the pass as well. He's really a, an all-around ball player. Big question, you know, he only 11 games in four years for Georgia. Uh, I like this player a lot, but he just, you know, there's not a lot of information on him. We've seen him in the playoffs have big games for Georgia. Obviously, Sonny Michelle is a, a, a player that, I think you, you're definitely projecting down the road. And if you want to take a kind of a leap of faith and, and take him over like a, a Ronald Jones, I could definitely understand that. But Sonny Michelle comes in at number four. Sonny Michelle, you also got to remember, too, that he shared a backfield with Nick Chubb at Georgia. And when Chubb wasn't hurt, he was probably the best running back in the country or second best. But Michelle has that breakaway speed. As the old adage is, you can't coach speed. And sometimes in the NFL, you just got to be quicker than a guy. You got to make a cut and go. And Michelle has that ability. Is he a starter right away? Probably not. But is he a really good change of pace back? Yes. I think he could see some playing time in his first year and put up some nice numbers too. Rashad Penny comes in at number five from San Diego State, the 5'11", 220 pound running back. He's a volume guy. You can give him the ball a lot. Uh, he has good foot quickness. He'll hit the line with uh, conviction. He's not going to have any breakaway runs, but he is a guy who you definitely can build an offense around that you're going to say, we're going to give him the ball and see what he can do game in and game out. He's definitely a guy, the more you give him the ball, the better he's going to look throughout a ball game. Yeah, I agree with that. He was uh, fun to watch San Diego State. Uh, he didn't get a lot of national publicity because of San Diego State. It's not a Power 5 team, and it's out west, and there was an East Coast bias to some extent, but he's a really, really good running back to watch. Um, and I think he can make some awesome headway in the NFL. Is he a starter from day one? But he's a really nice player. And there's a lot of guys high on him too. I know Marshall Falk is really high on him. Now part of that's probably Falk San Diego state ties also, 
Uh, but when Marshall Falk's high on you, you kind of got to pay attention because he knows the running back position kind of well. Coming in at number six is the other Georgia running back, Nick Chubbs, the 5'11", 228-pounder. Chubbs is a great character guy. He fits well on any team. Uh, he's strong. Uh, he can rebound well, meaning he gets out there. He's not afraid to uh, you know, play hard. He missed much of uh, 2015 with a knee injury, uh, as most people know uh, in the Georgia history. But he also has that running back that looks like a, a, a Herschel Walker. You know, Chubbs ran for 4,700 yards at Georgia. He's a low center, a gravity runner, strong base. He'll tack the edges. He's he's a, definitely a running back that, you know, many teams could use in a lot of different ways. And uh, the, the two running backs out of Georgia, you could put them either high or low on this list. I don't think you can go wrong. Uh, right now, we have Nick Chibbs coming at number six, the 5'11", 228-pounder out of Georgia. Yeah, he's a great story. Uh, you remember in 2000. 15 or 16, he had the gruesome leg injury. And he might have had two leg injuries while at Georgia. And again, also, he split the backfield with Sonny Michelle. They didn't... uh, I also thought they got away from the run a little too much. Now, again, it worked for them because they... I really like Nick Chubb. I I really... He's a three-down back. Maybe not right away because of the knee, and you want to play cautious with that. Uh, But he can definitely be a change of pace, short yardage back. Reminds me of a quicker, more nibble of the Garrett Blunt. As we now move on to wide receivers, our wide receiving group, we have seven in this group. We're going to quickly highlight these seven for you. It's Kelvin Ridley from Alabama, Christian Kirk from Texas A&M, James Washington from Oklahoma State, DJ Moore from Maryland, Cortland Sutton from SMU, and DJ Chark from LSU. Now these, again, a lot of people are going to have different ratings on each and every player. The way I had it as Ridley is probably coming in at number one across most boards at wide out. He, you know, Alabama was a running team, so you didn't get to see him play a lot uh, in his tenure as a wide out. But he had eight games of 800 or 100 yards plus in his career. He is a smooth strider. He has the uh, the ability to possess uh, a really great uh, separation speed in his route running. He's a good route runner. People like that. In him, his hands are excellent. Catches the ball with his hands. He doesn't trap it against his chest. This is a player who, he's six foot, 189 pounder. This is a guy that he could be a number one receiver for many teams. Yeah, he was phenomenal. But again, he didn't come from an offense that showcased the wide receivers a lot. Is he the most talented of the, of the wide receiving core? No. I think James Washington from Oklahoma State is. Uh, we'll talk about him a little bit. All around... Uh, Calvin really is a stud. He's got speed. Once again, he's probably going to be a guy you count on special teams. And anytime you're coming out of Alabama, it, it just proves oh, your talent you're level a, is, is a I high was, level. I was talking to a former Notre Dame football player a couple of days ago, and he said when they took the field for the BCS title game. Now, this is now uh, Ridley was not in Alabama yet, but he looked at him, and they got in the field, and he said. He couldn't tell you what guys were first stringers or what guys were walk-ons. They were all grown men. He he said he's never stepped in the field and gone wow and been like, we don't have a chance to beat these guys. Against Alabama, he said, we don't got a prayer to beat these guys. Coming in at number two is Christian Kirk from Texas A&M. He's an explosive athlete. He's standout and a slot receiver. 
He's not a number one receiver if you're looking for that type of player. He's the type of guy I would say he's a solid double, meaning if you draft this guy, you know what you're getting, and you're, you're putting him into a situation to succeed. Uh, he definitely has the, the ability to catch the ball, almost 13 yards per catch at Texas A&M. He's, he's a downfield guy. He's a guy who you can get the ball to. He can make the catch, and he contribute. and he's a hard worker. So those are the, the attributes for Christian Kirk. He comes at number two, a 5'10", 200-pound wide receiver at Texas A&M. Yeah, he's a phenomenal athlete. He's a freak athlete. He can go up and get the ball. Um, a mini Mike Evans, so to speak. Once again, uh, this past year and a year before that, A&M struggled at the quarterback positions. Uh, they were really young to share that position. Didn't have a solid guy there. Uh, but he's a game-breaker. Uh, you put him out wide, you get him the ball, he can make plays. So he can uh, he can light you up in a hurry. Number three, James Washington from Oklahoma State. The 2017 Blickerkoff Award winner. He's a 5'11", 213-pound receiver. He's a top-heavy receiver with dangerous build-up speed. He has a three-year history of hitting chunk plays, and that speed with the ball and his tracking, so you want to get the ball into his hands and see if you can get him in open field. He's a definitely a guy who has a lot of potential. Uh, that is James Washington from Oklahoma State, the 5'11", 213-pound wide receiver. This kid, to me, is the best uh, receiver in the draft, but the problem is he doesn't bring every play. And the NFL, you got to bring every play, or you're not going to see the play. You're not going to see the field very often. He had a game against Pitt two years ago, and he just absolutely lit them up. But he tore up a Pat Narduzzi defense that has historically been known for really good defensive backs. He's a player who has a high ceiling, meaning his ceiling definitely can get he big. Needs it to depends bring on the, the quarterback yes. that he's going to be receiving from who's throwing the ball to him. His floor may be a little bit more, like I said, a double hitter. Mm-hmm. You, you know what you're going to get. He's going to come across as a player who could get a lot of things done. Uh, James Washington from Oklahoma State comes in at number three, the 5'11", 213-pounder. At number four is DJ Moore from Maryland. Moore has improved a lot over the last three years in school. He catches uh, the, the ball in crowds on a 40 at 4.42. I'm not sure he's the number one type receiver, but he's definitely a receiver who can uh, add to a receiver's corp and can can bring uh, something to that on a team. He's a six foot two hundred and ten pounder. DJ Moore out of Maryland. DJ Moore is a game breaker. He has a huge catch radius. Um, when I saw him this year uh, play Ohio State, Maryland was down to their fourth quarterback, a walk on who had never played very much, and he made a couple plays against Ohio State secondary that. Made you go, wow. He's another guy with a huge upswing. Yeah, he has a ceiling. huge ceiling. When you're looking in the NFL draft, you're not looking. You want home runs, but mm-hmm. you're not worried about a home run. I mean, obviously, if you can get a Barkley, that's a home run. If you can get a Darnold, at quarterback, or a Rosen, that potentially those are home run players. But if you want solid guys who could get in and contribute and, and grow and get better, you know, James Washington is that guy, and he's 2017 Blitnikoff Award winner, states it all about his ability as a wideout. Yeah, he's uh, he's a phenomenal player. Here's the next player that I think is actually climbing the rankings. Uh, a player that a lot of play- teams are talking about out of SMU is Cortland Sutton. Teams love him. His combination of size, he's 6'3", 218 pounds, and he has great ball skills. Uh, he was impressive in his pro day at SMU. 
he uh, teams enjoyed the visit with him. They have had great uh, conversations with him, and he seems to have a high IQ for football. It wouldn't shock me if he ends up being uh, you know, one of the first receivers off the board. I have him at number five, but he's climbing with a rocket, as they say on the billboard charts. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Court and Sutton may actually go right up there, right behind uh, Calvin Ridley when it's all said and done. He is what Gus Johnson loves to say. Uh, he has get away from the cop speed. Uh, he is a fun player to watch. If you get the ball in his hands, I think Gus Johnson will have an absolute field day with him. DJ Chark uh, from LSU. Chark has size and speed, uh, an upside as a receiver. He plays very little. His first two years at LSU, but he averaged over almost 22 yards per catch in 2017. Three touchdowns on a run-centric team. He has a high ceiling but a low floor. Uh, and really the question is how good is his patch-catching abilities? And that will be determined as it goes on. He's definitely a project but a player that a lot of teams – We'll take a chance on later in the draft. He's 6'3", 199 pounds. The past couple of years has always seemed to have those speed receivers. Um, you put him in the slot and make a plays, and every every team in the NFL needs slot guys, need possession guys to get their first downs. And that can make a long-time living. Wes Walker, Danny Mandola, Justin Edelman, you know, they're slot possession guys, and you know they've done pretty well for themselves. Coming in at tight ends, our top five looks this way is Hayden Hurst, Dallas Godert, Mark Andrews, Mike Gazeki, and Tony Fumagalli from Wisconsin. So uh, Hayden Hurst is my number one overall tight end. Here's an interesting player who actually was a baseball pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirate organization for a few years. He walked on to South Carolina in 20. 20- 15. He's a two-year starter for the Gamecocks. Set a single-season record for catches at tight end with 48 in 2016. Uh, he's also a willing blocker. Here's an athlete who went the baseball route, found out that it really wasn't able to uh, continue in that career, went back to school, decided to walk on in football, and has become a tight end. And right now, I have his number one overall tight end in this year's draft. That's Hayden Hurst from South Carolina. I might be a little bit biased when I say this. Uh, I have Dallas Goddard number one, only because I've seen him in person a couple of times. And being a Youngstown State fan and going to every game and watching this style of football, Goddard's a matchup nightmare. This past year when he came to YSU, going into the game, I'm like, we got no answers for this guy. Now, I should have known better that his defense coached up, but he made one play across the middle that most tight ends don't make because they're not that fast. He's big and fast, and he can make a lot of plays. He can go for it. He's going to be a quarterback's dream inside the 10-yard line doing the fade routes. Dallas Garter is our number two tight end out of South Dakota State that, that Anthony just alluded to. He has two a consecutive 1,000-yard receivings. He is a two-time FCS All-American. He has a vertical jump over 35 inches. Uh, his father's name was him Dallas because he was a Dallas Cowboy fan. Dallas Gardert from South Dakota State coming in at number two in tight ends. Number three is Mark Andrews from Oklahoma. He took over additional workload this year. He produced a high level. He's a red zone rainmaker. He's a guy you definitely want to get the ball to in the red zone. He had five catches for touchdowns. He's a crafty. He makes adjustments in his in his route. 
He's a uh, he can be a mismatch for defensive backs. You get him in a certain situation. Averaged almost 16 yards per catch in his career. Uh, another really quality tight end that teams are going to be looking at is Mark Andrews from Oklahoma. Mark Andrews is a do-it-all reliable tight end. Uh, is he going to blow you away with speed and athleticism? Probably not, but he's very fundamentally sound, and he he's a very good route runner. We've seen in the NFL, if you're a good route runner, you're going to be counted on. You're going to have a lot of production uh, because the quarterback's going to throw you open. He torched Ohio State this year. I mean, he absolutely just torched their secondary this year. Um, and we all know how good they turn out to be later in the year. But he's a he's a blue-collar guy, like he pointed out. He's reliable. Yeah, you know, a quarterback's dream, basically. He's going to be able to get open. He's going to be able to make the, uh, the blocking assignments up front. He has footwork and athleticism. He's going to be make uh, tack- tacklers miss him. He's going to be a quality player for some team. That is Mark Andrews from Oklahoma. Coming at number four, Mike Gazeki from Penn State. Athletic, very smart. Uh, he needs time to develop. He has good traits. He's successful more than once. I mean, he can make things happen. He's going to be a team that, uh, you know, you're going to want to, you know, develop as he comes along. But he must learn more as a blocker. He can do that, I believe. He has the ability to do it. But uh, Kazeki from Penn State comes in at number four. Yeah, he's a phenomenal tight end. Uh, He had a great college career at Penn State. Uh, Like you said, he probably needs some time uh, to develop, but every player does in the NFL. But in the NFL, you also need to have two really good tight ends and sometimes a third. Yeah, he's. I'm not going to say that they're going to draft him, but you see a team with New England who needs tight ends, who doesn't know what Gronkowski is going to do, just lost Martellus Bennett. Boy, you plug him in, and he's just going to. It just may be He's a good fundamentally fit. sound. He's another yeah. fundamentally sound guy that he runs routes very well, and he had a good game uh, this year when it counted for Penn State and some big games they played. Tony Fumagalli comes in at number five. He was a walk-on at Wisconsin in 2016. He served as a role player his first two eligible games. Uh, he came off the bench. He then became an offensive threat through his redshirt junior season. Uh, he's a team that has worked. He had a team high 47 receptions past year for 580 yards. Found the end zone a couple times. He w- helped the Badgers win the Big Ten West title. Uh, he earned a you know, Cotton Bowl victory in, over Western Michigan. Here's a player, again, who has uh, some of the size and ability that coaches are going to look for. He's an all Big Ten uh, player selection by the coaches. He had over 135 catches in his career, almost 1,700 yards, seven touchdowns, was part of a winning team in his senior program, uh, and finished 45-10, and 29-5 and five in the Big Ten, and won four bowl games. This guy's a winner. He has proven throughout his uh, collegiate career that uh, he's, he's not afraid to work hard. Coaches want winners. They'll draft a kid because he's a winner. Uh, he's also a really good leader. But in the NFL, at the tight end position, what do you look for? Blocking. He's a phenomenal blocking tight end. Um, and he came from Wisconsin who didn't throw the ball a lot. They wanted to run the ball down your throat first. And uh, he could line up and just bruise you. You better be able to block in the NFL. Or, and that's something that uh, Fumagalli can do. He's done it well for years. Moving on to offensive tacklers. Our top five is Orlando Brown from Oklahoma. Mike McGinnicky from Notre Dame. Connor Williams from Texas. And forgive me, Okafor from Western Michigan and Colton Miller from 
UCLA Brown. Uh, this is son of the former Cleveland Brown, uh, Orlando Brown. He has a he's a big guy. He's been well coached at Oklahoma. He's an enormous man. His wide uh, wingspan almost eighty five inches. He has a good attitude. He's smart. He needs uh, to keep his weight manageable, just like his father did in his day. And uh, you know this kid has a lot of talent. He has an upside that I think the ceiling that people are going to like. And it wouldn't shock me if he's one of the top tacklers off the board. That's Orlando Brown from Oklahoma. He's one of the uh, key pieces in keeping uh, Baker Mayfield upright at Oklahoma this year. And a lot of uh, Mayfield's success was because of their offensive line. And Orlando Brown played a huge role in it. And he's a road grader, too. Oklahoma didn't just throw the ball really well. They ran the ball very well. Coming in at number two is Mike McGlinty from uh, Notre Dame. McGlinty... Uh, was capable of going side to side really well. Uh, if you need it, he's well coached. Again, out in there, long arms, just like Orlando Brown. He has 34 inches. Uh, you know, they were really important in the NFL. He's a very smart player uh, and has to be the first cousin of Falcons quarterback uh, Matt Ryan. So uh, football runs in the blood of this family. Yeah, you look at uh, Ned Rames past 10 years in offensive linemen, and they produce really good offensive linemen. They are... O-line U, as you like to call it now. Yeah. Um, he was coached by current Chicago Bears offense line coach Harry Heastand, and it wouldn't shock me if uh, McGlinchey were to go to the Bears. Uh, he's a durable, consistent player you can count on. Sometimes he struggles with the edge rush. Uh, there were a couple times this year, especially against Georgia and LSU, to be exact. Stanford also where uh, guys on the edge uh, made a spin move or a, or a duck move when they got him with the speed. Um, but he's a reliable guy that you could uh, plug in and play. And my guess is he'll have success in the NFL. I'm not saying that because I'm a big Notre Dame fan. But you look at Notre Dame's offensive linemen the past couple of years going to the NFL, and they yeah. produced. It, you keep going back to the tree that produces. There's yep. no question about it. Connor Williams from Texas comes in at number three. He played in only five games because of injuries, and uh, including the opener against Maryland. Uh, Texas uh, offense racked up over 473 yards, 500 or 375 through the air. He's a player who can do it all. He's also a preseason All-American for the Associated Press, Sporting News, College Football News, Athlon Sports. He missed seven games because of a knee injury. This is Connor Williams from Texas. 217. He started 28 games for the Longhorn, was named Academic All-American in the Big 12, second team in 2017, and and also uh, first team in 2016. So a very smart player who can get things done and has the track record uh, prior to the injuries of showing what he can do. Yeah, you look at uh, Williams, and despite the injuries, uh, he had a very successful uh, run at Texas, and Texas did not struggle because of offense. Their offense has been pretty good the past couple of years. Their defense let him down. He was helping Shane Buschel and was it Ellinger this past year? I know they played musical quarterbacks this year uh, with Tom Herman's first season, uh, but Texas offensively has not struggled lately. Chukawama Okafor comes in at number four out of Western Michigan. He's a three-year starter with experience of both tackle spots. Okafor's most intriguing prospect uh, this year on the offensive line, especially for tackles. He's a massive blocker, impressive athlete, 
Okafor grew up playing soccer in Nigeria. He's also barely uh, scratched the surface playing f- uh, football. It's a game he's learning to play as he go. This is a guy who has a huge ceiling, and teams may reach for him. This is Okafor from Western Michigan. He has a lot of potential. He's a lot of room to grow. And the thing that will probably help him is he played soccer, and he's very nimble on his feet. He can move very uh, quickly, you know, laterally inside, you know. Just real quickly, as you're talking about offensive linemen, you have to do it. Many years ago, you seen you always try to find ones that wrestled. Uh, this is the same type of thing uh, in soccer. Obviously, balance and the ability to use both feet is huge, and you can see some of that uh, translating to his play on the offensive line. Colton Miller is number five from UCLA. Miller had a great pro day workout. Uh, needed some additional seasoning. There's no question about that. Uh, he reminds a lot of people of Nate Soldier. Miller uh, needs to go to a team with a very good offensive line uh, coach that can help him grow in his career. He's another guy who you would definitely want for depth. He's not a guy who's going to help you this year, but in the long term can become a solid ball player for your team. That is Colton Miller from UCLA. Yeah, and he was one of the big reasons, again, why Josh Rosen had a lot of success. It says everything right there. Going to the offensive line and continuing the offensive line, it's offensive guard. Number one guard in the draft, maybe the number two or number three player grade system-wise in the draft is Quentin Nelson from Notre Dame. Uh, Nelson uh, plays offensive guard. Uh, uh, He had 35 lifts in the combine. He has 34 and a half inch arms. He's a good player. He starts. He has everything you need. Get up and go. Uh, Quentin Nelson from Notre Dame. Um, one of the highest-rated players in this year's draft. Quentin Nelson's best offensive line prospect in this draft, hands down. And there's not even anybody close to it. He is a guy you can plug in right away and probably be a 10-year Pro Bowler right from the start. He's a road grader. He does everything that you want in the offensive line. The question we'll have with him is where will he go in the draft because guards normally don't go top 10. Uh, it'll be, be interesting to see this. It, it could happen. I'm not saying it will happen. Traditionally, guards do not go in a top 10. We'll see what happens. But without a doubt, that one of the highest-rated players this year's draft. Will Hernandez from UTEP. He is number two. He's a top character guy. He plays high levels. He has played in this league for a long time. He's strong. He has 37 lifts in the combine. Excels in both run blocking and pass protection. He can do it all. Will Hernandez, the offensive guard from UTEP, coming in at number two for offensive guards. Yeah, I don't know much about uh, Will Hernandez. I was not watching uh, Texas El Paso minor football uh, this past couple years. So we'll just move on. <laughs> Connor Williams from Texas comes in at number three. Williams missed seven games in 2017 due to knee injury. He suffered against USC, but he was excellent in 2016. He came back for the final two games of last season and played well. He's very athletic. He might be even better at a guard than tackle. Uh, you know, he is a player that everyone is talking about as Connor Williams from Texas, uh, a guy you can look in the mid rounds from uh, Texas, a guy coming off injury, but has had good, excellent production in 2016. Yeah, I think he's a better guard than tackle. He struggled mightily before he got injured against UC with the edge pass rush. Ellinger and Bouchelle were basically running for their lives the whole game. But then again, Texas did have some success moving the ball against USC that game. Going so. back to Georgia now at number four is Isaiah Wynn. Uh, Wynn had uh, surgery in January on a left labrum. Uh, he was unable to work out in NFL sc- 
combine, but had a good day at the Georgia Pro Day. Uh, he is uh, played in the Senior Bowl. He's very strong and athletic. Competed at a high level, long time, and his best NFL position will be the will be guard. But he could fill in a tackle. Another guy who can play uh, multiple positions on the offensive line, which is very important for a lot of teams. Yeah, he's a mainstay, or he was a mainstay in the Georgia offense offensive line, and one of the key reasons why Georgia had a lot of success this year, both passing the football and running the football, leading the Bulldogs to the SEC championship and the national championship game appearance. Tyrell Crosby comes in at number five from Oregon. Crosby missed most of 2016 with an injury, but was named Pac-12 Offensive Lineman of the Year in 2017. He did not allow a sack. He's very long. He has long arms at 35 and a quarter inches. His hands are big at 10 and three quarters. He's only going to get stronger. He has a toughness and a mentality that really looks good for the NFL. Here's another player that I think teams may reach for when they're looking for depth on the offensive line. That's Terrell Crosby from Oregon. Yeah, you can never have enough depth at offensive line in any level of football. Does he need to get stronger? Probably yes, but he's going to a professional strength and conditioning program now. So he'll put on the pounds pretty easily. And uh, like you note in your notes here, he's a guy that wants to work and get better. So he'll be in the weight room. He'll be getting better. Only three players at the center position really worth talking about. Number one is Billy Price from Ohio State. Number two is James Daniels from Iowa. Number three is Frank Ragno from Arkansas. All three of them, I think, are going to be at teams that are looking for centers. are going to find a great place. Billy Price, uh, everyone knows about him locally, and uh, came from Austintown Fitch. Very good player. He's meticulous. Started every game. Great lower b- body strength. Uh, he's a Walter Camp Foundation Award. Winner, he's just he's in a, a player has done it all. Started out as a guard, he's moved around and started 15 games. First three at left guard, final 12 at right guard on the national championship team in 2014. Price earned uh, the third team All American honors and an every week starter at left guard following year in the first team honors on the right side as a junior year as a captain and then became a center last year. Billy Price, our number one overall center in this year's draft. Billy Price is a guy that is. Very versatile. NFL coach will absolutely love that. Um, he's a guy, again, that you can plug in and play right away and probably have a lot of success. He's a winner, and he has paved the the way for a lot of really good athletes and a lot of good running backs. James Daniels from Iowa comes in number two, competitive. Have him over 40. His 40 times are high, I should say. He's very athletic. Along with Price are one, one and one A, really. James Daniels, another great center coming out this year. From Iowa, traditional offensive line school, and has produced another in James Daniel. Number three is Frank Ragno from Arkansas. He had an ankle injury that cost him the last five games of the season that required surgery. He's tough, hard worker, player. He can play both guard and center coming out of Arkansas. Uh, he definitely could be a starter in the NFL, probably not right away. I mean, year two or three, but Frank Ragnow from Arkansas coming at number three. Fun fact do you know where. Uh, James Daniels went to high school. Warren G. Harding. Got to get the local stuff in. Right. Absolutely, without question. That's our whole (laughs) name behind the podcast. Exactly. Mahoney County Podcast right here on Radio MVP. Bradley Chubbs, North Carolina State, uh, is our defensive end. Number one overall defensive end, followed by Sam Hubbard from Ohio State. Marcus Davenport from UTSA. And forgive me, here we go again. (laughs) Oka Benyani. 
Cano. Right, from, hold on. From uh, call him Oboe from Oklahoma. Open Carano, I believe is how you say it. Ocaronco, that's it. Whatever. Ocaronco, yes. It's, it's he a, needs a nickname. Absolutely, no question <laughs> about it. But uh, those are our top four. And coming in at number five is Arden Key from LSU. The defensive line is an important part of every defense and defensive lines. Those who can get a job done. Bradley Chubbs is number one from North Carolina State. Chubbs, everyone's talking about it as a top two or three pick in the NFL draft. Uh, his stock has really rised. He's a four-year starter. He's a good pass rusher, excellent skills. Uh, he can burst on the runner. Chubbs had 25 career sacks. Is a, a future pro bowler, no doubt about it. Is it going to be immediate help in the NFL? I had the pleasure of watching him in person this year, uh, seeing NC State play in their name, and he, was a, he wrecked havoc for most of the first half. Uh, he bottled up Josh Adams, and he had nowhere to go. Talks about him going to the Giants, number two overall, Let's, and possibly falling maybe to the Cleveland at number four. Let's just say that Von Miller said he would love to have him, and he reminds a lot of himself. Sam Hubbard, our number two defensive end, uh, spent four years at Ohio State as a first-team All-American in 2016 and was a force on that defensive line for Ohio State, was probably the best defensive line in college football this past year. A 35-5 and record at Ohio State. Uh, 49 and six, counting his red shirt year in 2014, 23 and three record in the Big Ten. Uh, the, here's a guy who's really just worked his tail off to continue to get better. Played over 40 games in his career, 22 starts as defensive end, uh, ranked 15th all time in Ohio State uh, quarterback sack, 17 uh, tackles for losses for 154 yards. He's combined for two, 29 and a half solo tackles. Uh, for losses in a career for 116 yards. I mean, it's just, it just goes on and on Those and on. Those numbers are staggering considering he only really played. He didn't play his first full season because he was back upon Joey Bosa. Yeah, exactly. Just shows you the talent that was on Ohio State's defensive line this year. Marcus Davenport from University of Texas, San Antonio. is a hometown performer, came right out of San Antonio. as a three-sport star, uh, Stevens High School. Football, basketball, and sprinter in tracks and field. He's tall. He's limber. He's a guy on a defensive edge. He can get stronger throughout his career. Uh, he played his first 11 games as a true freshman uh, for the Roadrunners. This is a, a guy who has a lot of talent and a big, big ceiling coming forward. That's Marcus Davenport from University of Texas, San Antonio. Yeah, and he's had a lot of um, positive publicity the past couple of months leading up to the draft next week. A guy that plays with a high motor, uh, he's very fast, and can cause a lot of havoc up front. In 2015, he started 11 games, posting 49 tackles, 7.5 for losses, 4 sacks, 3 pass bro uh, breakups, 2 forced fumbles, all in one year. Uh, again, here's a guy I think everyone's going to pay attention to. He is a, uh, a guy with a huge upside, as they like to say, and I think a high ceiling. Uh, going at number 4 is... Obonia. Uh, oh, yeah. Oronko. Ronko. <laughs> <laughs> he needs a nickname. Yeah, bad. and there's no doubt. But we'll just call him Obo for the fun of it. And uh, he's the son of a Nigerian immigrant. Uh, he's a defensive end recruit from Houston. Um, Alif Taylor, uh, high school. He's gonna. He was gonna go to Oklahoma. Uh, redshirted his his freshman year in 2013. Then played 11 games as a reserve, making eight tackles. 
for three losses and two sacks. So he is a player who uh, can get things done. He's earned second team all all Big 12 selection as a junior, making 67 tackles, 12 for losses, nine sacks, three pass breakup. He is going to, again, another player with a high upside and who can make an impact your team as the years go by. Arden Keys coming at number five as he's long limb, uh, he's flexible throughout his upper body. He uses both his, his levers. Uh, he can block on the edge. He's good timing on the snaps. Gets a good head start. Uh, plays slippery. He's hard to, uh, to keep centered. He's a player that uh, who can do a lot. He could be scary if he learns to use his length, consistency, surprisingly effective, and change of direction. Uh, Arden Keys from LSU coming at number five in defensive ends. Probably the most talented player in the draft in the draft at his position. The motor is a big question, and uh, there are some character issues there that teams will be concerned about. Moving on to defensive tackles, Maurice Hurt from Michigan at number one, Vita Vea from Washington, Tavon Bryan from Florida, Daron Payne from Alabama, Harrison Phillips from Stanford, Marcus. Those are our defensive tackle players of the uh, year to pay attention. Marcus, Maurice Hurt from Michigan, played 38 games his college career, starting 17 of them, recorded 132 tackles, 64 solo, 33 and a half tackles for losses, team MVP, defensive player of the year, first team All-American, selected coaches and media, and four-time academic Big Ten honoree, the senior week at the Reese's Senior Bowl. That is Maurice Hurt from Michigan. Yeah, he's a very good football player up front. He caused a lot of havoc up front for Michigan and was one of their key factors having a really good defense. Probably uh, the second best defense in the Big Ten this past year. Vita Vea is a player everyone's talking about coming into the draft. Here's a player who may go first overall when he's talking about defensive tackles. Pulled a hamstring uh, in running his second 40-yard dash at the Combine. He wasn't able to work out his pro day, but he has been going to doing very well on individual workouts for teams. Teams uh, really enjoy talking to him. Uh, Vea started 13 games in 2017. He was named All-Pac-12. Vita Vea comes at number two from Washington. Yeah, he's, um, like you said, uh, besides the injury he had, he's climbing up the draft boards lately a lot. Taven Bryan from Florida is a competitive player. Should be a factor for any NFL team uh, on day one. Bryan is the son of a Navy SEAL, grew up in Casper, Wyoming, earning All-State honors as offense and defensive lineman his high school year, his senior year in high school. He's a red-shirted in 2014 and takes a reserve role in, for 12 games in 2015. As a sophomore, Brian started two out of the 13 games, making 17 tackles, three for losses, one for a sack, showing a glimpse of his potential. NFL scouts uh, got to see even more possibilities his junior year, and uh, he continues to move up the ranks. He had 40 tackles for six losses and four sacks. Brian uh, decided to move on and is now... Uh, entered the NFL draft, and it comes in at number three, Tavon Bryan from Florida. Florida historically has had really good defensive linemen, so it's no surprise that once again they have another one in uh, Tavon Bryan. Deron Payne from Alabama, enough said, right there, Alabama. <laughs> uh, shows all the great athletic ability. He served the lead blocker many times, the goal line offense. Uh, he even caught a touchdown pass. He was a defensive MVP of the Sugar Bowl. 
Payne also uh, was defending the run and rushing passer. Uh, he comes in at number four. Harrison Phillips from Stanford is at number five. Phillips played a little, uh, plays a little too upright for most uh, scouts they're talking about. He definitely has the leverage and the power to play the anchor and muddle up a running game, you know, depending on the blocking team that he's facing. Really a high potential they're talking about, and he'll find uh, more as uh, time goes well. Yeah, he's a very smart football player. Shocking he went to Stanford, isn't it? But he's a matchup nightmare. He can cause a lot of pressure on quarterbacks, and he caused a lot of pain for Brandon Wimbush this past November. Outside linebackers, Trey Mayan Edwards comes in at number one. Harold Landry from Boston College at number two. Um, another name I have trouble with. Uchina Nuosu. Nuosu, yes. Uh, from USC at number three. Malik Jefferson at number four, and Lorenzo Carter at number five. Uh, Tremaine Edwards, number one overall from Virginia Tech. Uh, Evans uh, is the father of Pharrell Evans, a seven-year NFL player who reached the Pro Bowl twice. His brother Trey plays for the Saints. This is in the blood of this family. Uh, Tremaine uh, from Virginia Tech had an 83-inch wingspan. He has good speed. He blocks hard coming off the edge. He's athletic. Uh, He can play in space. Edmonds is young. He's only 20 years old, turning 20 in May. And he can be a first-year starter and a Pro Bowl by year two, many scouts believe. Harold Landry, uh, the guy that you mentioned at number two, is probably a a player that not many people have heard of. But he's played on a really good Boston College defense. Recruited by Don Brown, the current Michigan defensive coordinator, he was a monster off the edge when he was fully healthy. He led the nation in sacks, or he had a school record. Just a guy you couldn't block. And Don Brown absolutely loved him. He moved him all over the place. And it says a lot why Harborough wanted him at Michigan so bad. Uchenna Nuwaso from USC also played 12 games as a reserve as a true freshman with nine tackles. 2015. Once again, in all 14 games as a sophomore, 31 tackles, one and a half for loss, eight stops, a, big t- a Pac-12 championship game, and took over outside linebacker full-time in 2016. Uh, Nuwaso from USC at number three. Malik Jefferson from Texas. Texas landing of Jefferson was one of the turning points in the program. He was a high school Buckus Award winner for one of the top linebackers. He was a parade All-American. Longhorn coaches uh, couldn't wait to get him on the field in 2015. He's an all-Big 12 accolade player in the media with 62 tackles, eight for losses, five-and-a-half sacks, three pass breakups. He was healthy enough to start 13 games in 2017, leading Longhorns with 110 tackles and earning second-team Associated Press All-American status and first-team all-conference accolades. That's Malik Jefferson from Texas, number four on our linebacker list. And Olenzo Carter comes in at number five from Georgia, another great player out of Georgia. Before Georgia's Liberty Bowl matchup against TCU in December 2016, head coach Kirby Smart challenged Carter and others to step up their game. And you can find that as what happened as Carter was ranked uh, as the second highest uh, recruit in the country. Georgia fans are thrilled with what he has brought over the last year. Uh, he's a newcomer of the year on campus, started five of his first 13 games, making 41 tackles, seven for losses, four and a half staff. Carter impresses all in the Belk Bowl a few years back performance. This kid has done it all, and he uh, 
just started two to the last 13 games and just 19 tackles on one year. But this is a guy who has a lot of upswing, and uh, people are talking about it. It Lorenzo Carter from Georgia. Yeah, he's another guy on the Georgia defense that was really a mainstay helping them become better each year. And yeah, he was really productive his yes, uh, junior year. He had 44 tackles, five sacks, 13 pressures in 13 games and nine starts. You can see just by the numbers what he brings to the table. Inside linebackers, our list looks like this. There's five. Raquan Smith from Georgia. Rashawn Evans from Alabama. Makai Kaiser from Alabama. Leighton Van Setch from Boise State. And Darius Leonard from South Carolina State. That's our top five. Our number one is Raquan Smith from Georgia. Very competitive guy. Uh, in short area bursts, explosion, plus football intelligence. Uh, he posted 11 tackles. Uh, including uh, four solos and one for losses while earning Rose Bowl Defensive Player of the Game honors. Uh, he'll start right away for any team. Rashad Evans from Alabama. Uh, Evans, again, enough said, from Alabama. He's fast. He can move on the ball. He also has a good blitzer and team was the first and made plays uh, complete. Michelle Kaiser, also from Alabama. Leighton Van Setch. Here's a player that everyone's talking about moving up the board lately from Boise State. Uh, Van Sesh posted 141 tackles, three picks uh, in 2017, including 16 tackles, two sacks, outgoing against Washington State, outstanding athlete, uh, NFL fixtures, product of an eight-man football team in high school. Van Sesh can play all three downs on defense. A player that everyone is talking about running out our top five is Darius Leonard from Carolina State. Yeah, uh, Roquan Smith is a freak athlete, a very good football player. But again, the character issues, uh, he ran into some trouble in the offseason uh, with Georgia. So that'll probably shy some teams away. But the team that does take him will be very happy on the field. Going to defensive backs at cornerbacks, Denzel Ward from Ohio State's our number one. Mike Hughes from UFC is at number two. Jarrett Alexander from Louisville at three. Josh Jackson from Iowa at four. Isaiah Oliver from Colorado at five. Dante Jackson from LSU at six. And Carlton Davis from Auburn at number seven. Obviously, everyone knows about Denzel Ward from Ohio State. Ward will be the fourth Ohio State corner to be selected in the first round of the NFL draft in the last three years. Outstanding 2017 season, 17 pass defenses, uh, one, 15 breakups, two picks. Uh, he, can, he blocked a punt. He's everybody says, you know, he's only about five ten. They wish he could be a little taller. But again, a guy who has uh, contributed both on uh, defense and on special team. Denzel Ward, probably the number one cornerback in the draft. Yeah, he's a guy that struggled uh, beginning this season, especially against Indiana in the opener man to man press coverage. And that's why Ohio State had to drop back to more of a softer zone as the year went on. All you got to do is Google the hit he had against Maryland. And you'll see why teams are just craving over him. Number two and three are just about equal in rankings. You can take them either way. Mike Hughes from uh, University of Florida Central. Uh, Hughes is uh, the only player in school history to return a punt, kickoff, and interception for touchdowns the same year. That's why I have him ranked number two. He does play great special teams. He started uh, at North Carolina, by a lot, North Carolina, but left after one year uh, before landing at Central Florida. Junior. Alexander from Louisville. Uh, Alexander only started six games in 2017 due to injuries. Um, but that short shuffle, he's under four seconds. On the cones, he was under seven seconds. 
He's a starter. You can see his skills on display. He takes a look at the tape from Florida State and Clemson games in 2016. You can see the type of player that Jameer Alexander is. Uh, he comes in at number three, and Josh Jackson from Iowa is number four. Yeah, uh, Josh Jackson, uh, many people remember him as the one who basically broke Ohio State's spirit before they even got anything going against Iowa this past year in uh, Kinnick Stadium. Uh, he had the pick six on, was it the first play of the game or second play of the game? He caused uh, JT Baird all kinds of headaches. And I believe he had a pick six the week after that too. So he's a, a fundamentally sound football player that is rising up the draft boards quickly. Isaiah Oliver from Colorado. Oliver came to Colorado as a receiver, converted defensive backs, a parent out there. Yes, don't let your son become a wide receiver. Make him become defensive backs. That's where the money's at in the future. Trust me on that. Uh, it more, might be more sexy as a wide receiver, but the play is to become a defensive back. If you've got a, a, the size and speed and the ability to cover, that's going to do you more. And there's a perfect example. Isaiah Oliver from Colorado. Again, another guy who was receiver converted. Uh, Dante Johnson from LSU uh, comes in at number six. And Carlton Davis from Auburn comes in at number seven for quarterbacks. My favorite player in this draft, I saw Denzel Ward live. I saw the Maryland hit live. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but Josh Jackson's a very good football player. He's fundamentally sound. And I think he'll catch on pretty quick on the NFL and have a lot of success. And we'll move to our last position of the NFL draft. That is safeties. But this player here is number one and will be out one of the top picks in the NFL drafts. And he'll be high up as ranking as Mika Fitzpatrick from Alabama. He had an amazing pro day. Fitzpatrick ran a 4-1-3 short shuffle under 6-7-3 on the cone drill. Uh, I mean, just a really a freak athlete. He can do it all. He's a great character guy, smart, athletic. Uh, he'll be a rookie starter in the NFL, a Pro Bowl future. He can do it all. Everyone's talking about him. Won't be surprised if he's off the board in the first five to seven picks in the NFL draft. That's Mika Fitzpatrick from Alabama. Yeah, I'm not going to say much about of Fitzpatrick because any logical football fan will know that he's really good, and he went to Alabama, so he's. He's a grown man. Uh, the the one that I like a lot is Derwin James. He's probably the next in line to be the next greatest Florida State defensive back, and they've had a lot of them over the years. Um, and he comes in at number two on our list. James missed most of the 2016 season with a line, missed his tour. Uh, he uh, came back in 2017, started all 12 games, very athletic, competitive first-year starter in the NFL. There's no question that he has a Pro Bowl future in his uh, sights, too. Yeah, he's, like I said, he's probably the next in line to become the next best uh, Florida State defensive back over the years. Just it's a shame he had his, uh, he tore his meniscus in 16, but he came back this year. He's also a really smart kid. Jesse Bakes comes at number three from Wake Forest. Jesse Bakes the third, impressive fluidity and safety. Uh, has smooth hips, sudden quick feet. Uh, can cover a lot of things. He's a volume tackler. Uh, he runs in the alleys. He finishes with forces. He's versatility. He's utilized on a lot of various coverage. Jesse Bates comes in at number three from Wake Forest. Number four is Ronnie Harrison from Alabama. Enough said again. <laughs> a well-coached Harrison tackled high power through difficulties and changes. Um, very good on short shuffle and the cone drill. And he finished uh, top seven in his career in interceptions at Alabama. 
Ronnie Harrison from Alabama, number four, and Quinn Balding from Virginia, five-star standout uh, who stepped it right up and started in the lineup, had immediate impact in games. Balding also was a big safety. He played uh, some good football, intelligent, unwavering commitment on each snap. He's a football player. He's a four-year starter with outstanding size. Never missed a uh, a play. Uh, 115 tackles in four seasons. Red lines develop his fit as a play to bend and balance and be a scrapping in the box. That is Quinn Balding coming at number five. But, yeah, the safeties are a really interesting group, I think, when you look at this. But uh, Mitchell Fitzpatrick being the top. Derwin James coming in to take a look at it just to keep in member is Jason Reed from Stanford, another very smart player who's enjoyed an excellent 2017 campaign, posting 99 tackles and five interceptions for Stanford. Uh, the Cardinal have a great uh, ability there to find another defensive back for the NFL. But our top five from safeties is Micah Fitzpatrick, Darwin James, Jesse Bates the third, Ronnie Harrison from Alabama, and Quinn Balding from Virginia. And our bonus pick is Jason Reed out of Stanford. My guy to watch in that, that group right there is Jesse Bates. He's really good with the ball in the air. He makes a lot of plays. He can go get it. Um, he's also a hard hitter too. And Wake Forest, you wouldn't think of having a great defense, uh, but he's the guy that makes a lot of plays around the ball. And that is our first ever NFL draft preview. Uh, if you made it through this entire podcast, I thank you. <laughs> I know it was a little long and long-winded at times, but a lot of position and players to get to. Instead of doing a uh, mock draft, I wanted to give you the players to look for coming up in the draft on Thursday. And uh, Anthony, real quickly, give me your hopes for your Denver Broncos on Thursday night. Um, that's tough. Um, my heart bias pick would be Quentin Nelson, just because he's a dumber and he's really good. You can plug him in play, but but he's also a guy that you know he's going to be really good. I'd want Bradley Chubb with the uncertainty. With Gotsis in the middle, uh, Derek Wolf's been injured prone the past couple years. Uh, Shane Ray, the option hasn't been picked up yet. You need another guy on the outside of Von Miller to rush off the edge. And if you put Chubb and Miller and Shaquille Barrett, you got a semblance of the pass rush you had a couple years ago with Ware and Ray and Miller. Well, as a Browns fan, everyone knows what I've been saying for the last two months. It's Sam Darnold. It's Sam Darnold. It's Sam Darnold. Don't believe anything else. Uh, if it's Josh <laughs> Allen, I can live with it. Uh, I'm not disappointed there. I'm definitely a Sam Darnold guy. You got to take him. The 6'3", 220-pound quarterback out of USC. At number four, if they draft there, obviously depends on what falls to him. Uh, if Barkley's there, very tough to pass up. Chubb's. In my opinion, those are the two you have to make a decision. If they're both there, if one of them's gone, it makes it a lot easier. It wouldn't shock me if they go for a running back in the second round or they they trade back up in the first round to probably get like a Darius Geis if he's available later in the draft or a Sony Michelle in the second round. Uh, that's kind of what I see with the Browns. They have a lot of opportunities. It's going to be interesting to see what Dorsey decides to do. Uh, a lot of chatter out there that they may trade out of the four spot. It all depends on what they're offered and what they get, if that's a good move or not. First move and most important move is get the quarterback. You have your choice of five quarterbacks. You can really roll it down to three quarterbacks if you're 
Dorsey, and that is Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, and Josh Rosen. In my opinion, you got to go with Donald as number one, Josh Allen number two, and Josh Rosen at three for all the reasons I stated earlier. And it's been fun. And Jim, thank you for letting us come down here and do this here. And I appreciate all your help. And I look forward to coming down here and do some work in the uh, future. It's been a privilege. I love the NFL, love this time of year, especially if you're a Browns fan. This is the best time of year. <laughs> it's our Super Bowl. Yeah, unfortunately. But, I, you know, I don't want to use, you know, this is the year. But I'm excited about this. I'm excited about football guys making football decisions. Yeah, exactly. We actually have a top guy that has a track record of proven uh, winning in the NFL uh, with the Green Bay Packers and then, of course, Kansas City Chiefs over the years. And we'll see what uh, Dar- or, excuse me, Dorsey does with the Browns. And uh, again, for my two cents worth that he'll never hear, <laughs> Sam Darnold. Please, <laughs> Sam Darnold. I can't stress it enough. Don't waste the pick. Get the guy who can get the job done. And you can build your team around for the next 10 years. So for Jim and Western Reserve Digital Broadcasting, And for Anthony, I'm Tim, wishing you all a great afternoon, evening, or night, depending on when you download it. Don't forget to give us a rating and review on iTunes and or Apple Podcasts is it now. And you can find us everywhere on any type of podcasting system from Google Play, Stitcher, to Apple Podcasts. And, of course, you can find us on our website, RadioMVP.com. So for Jim and Anthony, I'm Tim. Once again, have a great day, everyone.